My name is Merrill Dubrow, President and CEO of Mark Research and the Chair-Elect of the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State University. I'm really excited to be part of Spartan Insights. Spartan Insights is a series of podcasts that I'll be hosting and interviewing one of the 350 alumni and 40 board members from the Michigan State Marketing Research Program. Today's guest on Spartan Insights is Susan Emmerich, author, educator, speaker, and founder of Brands Rising. Susan, thanks so much for being a guest on Spartan Insights. Thank you so much for having me, Meryl. So glad to be here and proud to be a Sparty two times over. You know, I never went there, but with every visit to that campus at East Lansing, I get a little bit more of being a Sparty and what that means <laughs> and the energy and the passion. So I think I'm about 10% of the way there, Susan, but I'm, I'm hoping to get all the way there. Very good. Hopefully we'll cheer you on. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what your current job is and your responsibilities and kind of what an average day might look like for you, Susan. Sure. Well, I'm an independent marketing strategist and most of my work is focused on digital and social strategy. So digital media from websites to digital experiences and social listening, monitoring, analysis, and then applying it to branding, building brand advocacy, as well as personal brands and influencer programs. Day to day, I am working with a various number of clients, anywhere from large corporations to small, medium businesses on uh, developing data-driven strategies. That's great. So when I looked at your background, because we've actually never met, I found it very interesting because you were at IBM for a lot of years, what, almost two, unless I got this wrong, two decades? Yep, 20 years. And then you were at Blue Cross Blue Shield as well. Mm -hmm. And then you, you kind of transitioned from corporate marketing strategist to start your own business, right? I'd love to know what was the thought process when you did that because it's, you know, now coming up on six years that you've had your own business, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Was there a particular reason that you did that? Was it, you know, I always wanted to own my own business. I wanted to be my own boss. A lot of things go into decisions like that. What really tipped my interest was after I wrote my book and, and published my book, a lot of folks were inquiring on how I might be able to help them with their strategy and building brand advocacy and helping employees represent their companies online. You may know of it as influencer marketing or micro-influence marketing or even personal branding today. When that started to happen, I realized, wow, maybe I could help a lot more people and help them build their company brands. And lo and behold, that's what's happened. And not only do I still work with IBM very closely as a client, I also have many clients that are IBM business partner network companies and many other different companies that I work with. So it's been a pretty cool transition and it's just really opened up uh, the opportunity for me to work with all different kinds of companies. That's great. You mentioned um, IBM and, and a number of their partners. Are you mostly in the technology? Um, My share of what I uh, do is B2B technology especially focused on uh, companies that are in artificial intelligence, machine okay. learning, natural language processing, a lot of that, but also work with clients that are not in the technology space, but they are trying to implement digital or social media strategies or 
establish social listening practices or even uh, social media governance. There's lots of different aspects of becoming a social business and having a digital presence. It's not always in emerging technology, but certainly a lion's share of it is. That's great. So AI, obviously, and consumer insights, it's, I, I'm not sure a minute goes by without saying, somebody saying AI. Yeah. Um, without giving away any company secrets or anything, is there some things that jazz you up about AI when it comes to consumer insights or anything that you could, you'd be able to share with us? Well, there's so many applications of what I consider data-driven marketing from the standpoint of applying that to strategy, to doing marketing automation. And really, I think any marketer today to truly be on the cutting edge of marketing strategy has to understand or at least partner closely with market research and analytics professionals and know how to take insights from intelligence, whether it's research, qual, quant, or for that matter, new emerging technologies like listening and, and data visualization and analytics like that, you can apply lots of different uh, strategic insights to everything from brand health monitoring to customer experience and voice of the customer to employee engagement and learning you know, how to apply things internally with your workforce. So there's just so many applications of it to be a strategist today and really be able to focus on a client's business. You have to feel comfortable with analytics and modeling and segmentation and applying insights like that to strategy. I don't think there's really any end to the application. It's only going to continue to be more infused into the tools we use, the technology that is being created and the techniques in which we apply AI and machine learnings. My original entree into it was through natural language processing and text analytics, which I started to do at IBM uh, back in the mid 2000s. And we were establishing a social listening practice and we were able to monitor public dialogue that was happening being shared in social networks and then apply that to how was the brand being mentioned? What was the sentiment around that? Who were the voices that were most prominent? Were they credible experts or thought leaders in the field? Were they customers? Were they employees? So a lot of really smart insights came out of that early work. It's been great to be able to apply that to other companies' businesses. That's great. So one of the things you had said and we, we talked about was being a marketing strategist. So your background is really that, yet a year or two ago, you woke up and said, hey, I'm going to go to the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State. I think you did that for a different reason than most. Most do it to stay in the research insight space. You didn't do that, right? What was your motivation? I've worked with market research professionals pretty much my entire career, and I was so in awe of the methods and the rigor behind qualitative and quantitative research, but I really never was, you know, trained in that rigor, and I needed to understand it, and I had an aspiration to become a better strategist. If I understand how the research process works, I could then 
ask for research in a different way and be also a better partner to not only my research partners, but to my clients. So that's really what inspired me. And I also think I'm just a continuous learner. I enjoy learning and at first wasn't really sure, thinking, oh man, really going back to school and I don't know if this program is right for me. But talking to uh, Dr. Spring and Professor Brereton and then of course Jessica, uh, I consider it for a number of years and then finally dove in and looking backwards, I can't believe I did it and I'm just so happy with the experience and the investment in time and everything that I got out of it. That's great. Okay, word association, three words to describe the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State. Only three words. What are they? Rigor, intelligence, and application. Application. That's great. So one of the things that you said, which I absolutely love, and it's, I have some, I have a lot of Merrillism, Susan, and one, I, <laughs> one is called nine, 900, 900 seconds, 15 minutes a day. My belief is that everybody has 15 minutes of extra time a day, that they could do something different. And what I try to do is get better at something every single day, whether it's be a better son, friend, presenter, moderator, researcher, executive, uh, play pickleball a little bit better, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You used lifelong learner, which I absolutely love. What have you learned and gotten better at in the last six months? And what did specifically the program help you get better at as well when you were there? Well, that's a great question. So the first one is as far as my own personal and professional improvement, I've been able to utilize what I learned and apply it to my consulting work doing a lot of the research myself where before I wouldn't have been able to do that. So that's been an amazing change. The other thing I think really has made me better is a better teacher because I have been an instructor for about four and a half, five years now. So knowing how the classes were structured and how online learning is experienced has allowed me to become a better instructor as an adjunct. That's great. You obviously give this a lot of thought. And finish this sentence, Susan. I hope to get better at blank in the next six months. Anything jump out at you? I hope to get better at serving my clients in the next six months. That's great. Now, you've done something that I haven't done yet, but will do, which is write a book. I think that's phenomenal that you were able to do that. Can you talk a little bit about the process of writing a book, how it went from idea to paper to publish to selling copies, whether it's online or the old traditional way? Because I'm sure there's a lot of students who will listen to this that eventually, especially who are Spartans, that will definitely write some books down the road. Well, my first book was actually inspired by my co-author, Chris Boudreau. He was a consultant at the time with a social intelligence consultancy called Conversion. Uh, I was his client at IBM and I was leading the digital and social practice there. And we worked together for a few years and he said, you know, Susan, so many brands are struggling with what you're doing and pioneering at IBM it would be great if you could just write this down. You know, you really should write a book. And I said, 
I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and he said, well, let's do it together. I said, well, how would we even get started at that? So we put our heads together and constructed an outline and we started researching whether or not there were any books like that in the market. And we found a sweet spot to explain a roadmap of how to equip a social workforce to build brand advocacy for your company. And it was through that suggestion of Chris, we collaborated together. Uh, he's in Texas, I'm in Michigan. So we pretty much collaborated using Google Docs and different uh, sharing software and things like that. We just hammered it out. And when I look back on it at the time, I didn't even think that was possible. But then once we got into it, we had just so much to get out of our heads and on paper, there really was uh, no stopping us of just kind of getting it all out. And then our publisher, Pearson Education, under the Prentice Hall label, we had an editor who helped us put it all together, you know, the flow of it, and then getting it published and distributed was all thanks to our publisher. And then promoting it and going out on speaking tour and all that, pretty much Chris and I doing that uh, either together or independently. What really drove me through the whole process was exactly what Chris said from the beginning is, there's so many people struggling with this, what you have done and what you've experienced firsthand could help a lot of people. So if I could help a lot of people by writing it down and blogging about it or going out and speaking about it would be a great service to other people. And that's just sort of one of my goals in the last third of my life is giving back. So that's why I did it. And I'm, I'm looking back on it. So glad I did. Oh, that's great. So, so some would say writing a book about, is about making a lot of money. That's, I, I'm not sure I heard that. That's no, not really the case. You're not ready be, to retire, right? Uh, <laughs> writing a book is not about making money. At least, you know, okay. I'm not J.K. Rowling here. <laughs> well, especially the kind of book I wrote, which is truly uh, a marketing strategy book. Yep. Very much niche as far as how to use social intelligence and influencer marketing and, and all that. So no, it was not about the money. You have to certainly have a passion for the subject matter and a commitment. It, once you commit, you got to get it done. <laughs> Did you, listen, I, I don't know you well at all, but, but here's what I think I know. You're ridiculously busy, whether it's with clients, whether it's personal stuff, whether it's boards that you serve on. I mean, you probably have very little time. Did you sit there and say, okay, 45 minutes a day, I've got to devote to write this book? No, I didn't. Okay. I'm a very disciplined person, but I don't work that way. And I actually think the modern workforce doesn't work that way either. It's not really nine to five anymore. Luckily for me at IBM, I worked remotely for 20 years. I was either on client site or at a different location in IBM or at my home office. And I learned the ability to work remotely and really from anywhere and within any time zone. But what that also taught me was true diligence and being very disciplined. So in order to get the workload completed, you had to make the time for it. So for me, writing a book was when I didn't necessarily have an hour a day it was really when things came to me, I focused on that. And let's put it this way. I was working full time and I burned a lot of midnight oil to get that book done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. It's a commitment. Okay. 
That's great. So you've had an amazing career, but Michigan State is a very powerful college and university that really can make things happen that most universities can't. We're going to give you a do-over. You, you know, you went to the left. We're going to allow you to go to the right. What's your do-over on your career, Susan? If we said, hey, you know what? You get one, one thing. What would it be? had such an amazing career. I don't uh, You have, you have, but you got to change something. And, and one of it could be, I never would have done this podcast. <laughs> uh, one do over. I probably would have gone back to school earlier. Maybe the program didn't exist at the time that if I had the chance to do it over, I, I was never interested in an MBA because I truly okay. am. I, my undergrad is Michigan State Advertising and Communications. Uh, as I advanced in my career, I, it was much more challenging on the marketing side to drive ROI and revenue for the business. And that takes a marketing background and understanding that. So when I went to look at programs, I looked at MBAs and I didn't want the finance part of it. I found uh, the master's in market research really fit my needs as a digital strategist. So uh, it, it was the perfect fit. And so the only do over would be as if it was available earlier, but um, that'd be it. That's great. All right. Last question. Is there any advice that you have for the students at the MSMR program? Anything you want to leave them with as they listen to this podcast? The advice I would offer is you're investing in the right thing. Keep going. Press on, even when it feels hard. If you're struggling with something, reach out to one of your professors. Reach out to Jessica. The program is something that will be worthy of your investment. Don't give up, even though sometimes it feels like you're way out of your comfort zone. You, you really don't learn unless you are out of your comfort zone. So I will tell you, someone who's uh, gone back to school later in, in my career, I don't have any regrets about that. I'm so glad I did. And it's helped me to become not only a better strategist in, in my work, but also uh, better at client service because I can really apply what I learned from the program directly to my client work. Thanks, Susan. I really appreciate your time today on Spartan Insights. My name is Merrill Dubrow, and thanks for listening.